Well, good morning. I'm Rick Dancer. I, I know it's a little early. We usually do our shows at five, but here's the problem. We're getting so dang busy with so many things um, that I can't keep up. There's only, I normally do four days a week and I can't keep up. So, um, and things are happening. And so we are just jumping on them as they do. And uh, earlier this week on KPNW with Bill London, I heard this next guest uh, speaking and I thought, you know, you guys need to hear from this guy because he's running for governor and we need to be aware of all these different things that are going on in Oregon. Um, he's also filing a lawsuit against the governor, uh, he and the organization that they're working with, and he can explain all the details of that. But I thought it would be a great opportunity. So we're here at 11 in the morning. And as you know, Buck Sanitary Service is our sponsor or it's going to be for this show. And why is that? Because this show is called The Buck Stops Here because the buck really does stop right here with you and me. We can't blame the Democrats. We can't blame the Republicans. We can't blame anybody else. If we don't get involved, that's our own damn fault. So I'm helping you get involved by giving you a voice. So this is our man, Stan Pulliam, and hey. mayor of Sandy, Oregon. And hey. he's really not crazy. I'm not. I'm not. Well, you know, don't <laughs> No, you're right for governor in Oregon and a Republican. You are crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Once you put the R by your name, you're there, right, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Dan, tell me um, a little bit about you uh, so we can kind of get that started for people. And then we'll kind of get into some of the topics for people to ask. And if you guys are out there in the audience and you want to ask um, Stan questions, feel free. You know that's what we're here for. This is your voice. So it's not just about Stan and Rick having a conversation. So give them a little background on who you are. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm the son of a truck driver, really. You know, I have two parents that are small business owners. My my dad, I remember as a kid, he had two jobs uh, driving for one for McCall Heating Oil Service, the other for Colin Foods, doing deliveries to Kentucky Fried Chickens throughout the Pacific Northwest. And, you know, my mom and dad, they ventured to dream big and they decided to start their own trucking transportation business. And, you know, I remember my dad, I decided to get that first crummy truck and we drove to Boise uh, to get this truck and, you know, we, my great grandparents lived there. So he decided he wanted to show off this thriving enterprise. And so this truck is so crummy. We take it over to my grandparents' house and they come out and it wouldn't even start. And so my cousins have to all get out. We have to drop the clutch and push it. And, and finally it gets going. And, you know, I watched my mom and dad grow that business to one that had, you know, a, a phone in our dining room table, one of those that actually, you know, had to plug into the wall at the time. And like all business owners, right? You sit there and you just, oh my goodness, I hope that phone rings. And it did. It rang about two times a day to start. And it really just developed into a business that you know, as kids didn't want for much, helped put all three of us through college and left me with some foundational feelings, Rick, about, you know, the American dream. And, and really, I always bring it up because it really lets business owners, people who grew up in a house of business owners know that I know what it's like to grow up in here, you know, people bitching and moaning about government being in the way and how much better they would do if they would just, you know, let them flourish and do the things, you know, their own opportunity. And then I became one of those fortunate lucky souls to become mayor of my my hometown in Sandy. And Sandy's one of these communities, probably a lot like where people that are watching this live, where, you know, we have our local Main Street business owners or the sponsors of our local T-ball and basketball teams. I remember playing on a club sport for basketball. We had our big warm-up jerseys we were so excited for. And we had all the Main Street business logos uh, on the back of those jerseys. And, Dan, and so you guys, I, yeah. your, town, your town is like so dependent on, I mean, you're really a community. It's not like you're a tourist town, but you're so dependent on tourists going through and going up to Mount Hood because that highway that goes through your town is the busiest highway, busier than I-5. It is one of the busiest highways in the state. And when the governor shut down the businesses, your, your community probably suffered more than a lot. 
Well, yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, I, I say we're the gateway to everything just fun in Oregon, right? Going to the Mount Hood Recreational Area, Central Oregon, Bend, and Sun River, and Versada, that, that place blowing up. And and so I remember growing up in Sandy, it used to be busy just, you know, on the weekends in the winter, people going up to Mount Hood. Now it's, you know, seven days a week. And so our Main Street business owners really depend, you know, on, on Main Street activity that's happening. And we've kind of become, you know, a place that people like to shop or go to Joe's Donuts or Mountain Mocha, or you stop at Tollgate or Sandy Family Restaurant or Pale as Peachy on your way through town. And, and so when you do these shutdowns, it affects these people. And, and so that's what really brings us to this, uh, to today, Rick, is, is, I mean, you know, I was talking about growing up in Sandy and that sponsoring of our local teams and stuff. I mean, these are people I grew up with, right? I mean, these are people that, uh, uh, that I, that are my neighbors. And so when I looked them into the eye and saw some of these ramifications, it lit a, a, a lit a light under me, you know, and really, really got me going. And so we've acted, we've really gotten active and supporting these business owners, which kind of gave us a little bit of a wave of momentum here. That's kind of carrying us that I think it's going to carry us all the way to the governor's office, quite frankly. So when was the moment you thought, okay, I'm going to take this mayoral thing? I, I mean, you've worked on campaigns. You're not like some television news anchor who, you know, wants to do this for their first career, thinks this would be a great thing and jumps in with his eyes closed and, um, and realizes, oh my God, this is really hard. You've done this for other people before. So you're not a novice like I was, but what, what was the moment when you said, you know what, I'm going to take this from Sandy Mayer to uh, governor of Oregon. Well, one, I just got to say, as a Duck alumni in the early 2000s, Rick, man, I was ecstatic for that run. I mean, I, I was a fan and I, yeah, of yours running for Secretary of State there. You know, for, for us, what it was is, is you think about just what Mackenzie and I, we're just a middle class family with middle class problems living in suburban Oregon, right? And and so I'm, I'm a mayor of my hometown where that's dependent on our main street, like you talked about. And so dealing with these business owners and, and the ramifications for them and their employees as, as a father of two little girls, Lucy and Olivia, that are in elementary school and watching the ramifications of these shutdowns and the government teacher unions not allowing our kids back into school. I mean, you know, my wife started the Oregon Moms Union. In fact, as we speak, when we're done, I got to run and go uh, pick up the kids because she's going into Salem because they're dropping legislation this afternoon, making it mandatory for kids to go back to school in the fall. I mean, we, she was, she's me, one, tell me more about that. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but that, so that's going on today. That's going to be handed. So that's going to be going on later today. There's outstanding, courageous representatives and Vicki Breeze Iverson and, and, and others that are dropping this legislation. They have a big announcement going on later today, you know, and, and, and Oregon moms are just lucky to be a part of it, you know, quite frankly. And, you know, my, my wife, Mackenzie, her and her organization was a plaintiff on this federal lawsuit that we dropped earlier in the week. And, and so, you know, where you asked where it kind of come to, you know, run for governor. You know, we're hitting them in federal court. We're hitting them in the state legislature. We're fighters. We're fighters who have been dramatically impacted and seen our neighbors, our family, and our friends impacted on this. And so, yeah, you know, we got a little bit of momentum here. You know, we've got a vision for the state that we think, uh, you know, will unify people uh, for a great future. And so we're excited about it. I mean, we're, we're really going through the motions here to make sure this is a successful effort. So Stan, tell me more about the, um, 
what your wife's doing today? Because I got a call from uh, the, the state and they said, hey, Rick, would you want to come up here to do this? And I said, I don't have the time today, but I know they're introducing this. So this is legislation that would make it so that our kids have to go back to school, to public education. The schools have to be open this fall. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And of course, I, I don't want to look to preempt anything because, again, this is because of these folks in the state legislature that are taking a courageous stand, you know, to, uh, to fight on behalf of parents across the state. Obviously, our kids have been stuck in this. First, it was full on virtual learnings at home, then this back and forth hybrid virtual, you know, and, and, and you think about Rick, where we're at now with the oh. vaccine rollout, you know, with, you know, what we know, we, this was always supposed to be to just support, you know, the most, you know, the, the, our most uh, vulnerable citizens or seniors, folks with underlying health conditions. We've had a vaccine rollout for months. This is asking for the fall, right? Get kids back in the classroom in the fall after the summer months, even more vaccine rollout. I mean, if, if we can't, if we can't bring parents and our legislators together and the governor to sign a bill that says, let's let kids back into school full time in the fall, I mean, that, they, they'd be completely out of their skis at that point. So um, you are running. Is, is it official that you're running? So we've announced an exploratory committee. Uh, what we're doing is we're on a listening tour right now. We were in Central Oregon last week. Where we were at the coast earlier this week, and we're traveling around the state. You know, Rick, we've we've you know it's been forty years uh, since we've had a Republican governor in the state, and we want to make sure we get it set up right. We're looking to have a county chair in every county. We've we got the Main Street Mayors Organization where we're activating mayors in these local communities across the state. I mentioned the Oregon Moms Union. They're looking to have a captain in every school district across Oregon. Uh, you know, we're going to have a, a never seen before grassroots effort from the ground up. We already have over 450 contributions from all over the state of Oregon to this campaign. Well, your pages and stuff, I mean, I'm not trying to push you, but I know you're running. Mm -hmm. Your pages, Stan, your pages, you're more organized than I was like in July before <laughs> I ran. Of course, I didn't have anybody really supporting me in terms of a party or anything, but you were like, I mean, you look pretty, you're set up. I mean, you obviously know what you're doing. Um, you've well, done this it, for other people, so you well, know. You know, I, I think, you know, Rick, is is that I, what, a, what I know what a successful effort looks like is we're not even there yet. Right. And, you know, I think that's a big reason why we have not had a successful effort in 40 years. And and so, you know, it, it's true. It's what I tell people. If you think that we're running a good campaign right now, wait until we actually announce. And if you think that we're rocking the boat and making waves as mayor of an 11,000 population community, wait until we're governor of the state. You know, there's dramatic things that need to happen. We're among the last in the nation in every statistical category for education. We turn on the nightly news and see riots in our in our downtown cores of, uh, with boarded up storefronts. We've got mass homelessness all over the state. Rick, it's time for a new way and we're gonna present it to the people. So tell me about the lawsuit you guys um, filed earlier this week, because I heard that's what I heard you talking on the radio about. And that peaked yeah. that uh, Rick Dancer's reporter yeah. ears were like going, wait a minute, what's this all about? Right. I want you to tell my viewers what that is. Yeah, so some of uh, some uh, viewers may remember our New Year's Day movement back during the holidays where we were supporting, advocating with, with small business owners up to the end of their rope that were looking to open against the mandate. And this is really part of that core coalition of people. They, we started up the heart of Main Street, a coalition of Main Street business owners throughout the east side of Portland. Uh, and they linked in with the Oregon Moms Union that my wife Mackenzie worked to start that has moms all over uh, the state that are involved in these school board races. 
And we have filed in federal court to restrain the governor's executive order, her emergency order, uh, and to call for an injunction against the order. And you know what this really does is, is the governor needs to be able to provide the evidence, the scientific evidence that proves that we are still in a state of emergency that calls for these lockdowns. And you know why is it that we're able, where is the science that supports that we can support some of the largest corporations in this country, Rick, support big box corporate America, but we right. can't support a local small business owner. Right. Where's the scientific evidence that, and this is great, if people have means to do so, I support you in this, but where's the scientific evidence that people who have means to send their children to private school, somehow that's safe, but working class people can't send their right. kids to public school? You know, where's right. the science it's exactly that? against um, working class people? All this is going on because, yeah, there's I know so many friends and people in the in the community who if they didn't have mother-in-laws and father-in-laws who had some money to be able to put their kids into a school, their kids would not be going to school. And we have a whole bunch of underprivileged families that their kids aren't getting that education. So the very thing we say we do as Oregon, we're not doing for these people because of these restrictions. So the haves and the have-nots, the line is just even bigger. And you wait a couple of years down the road when you see education levels. And these kids are gonna be way behind. While these And, and here's the thing I want people to know too. I had an email this morning where dozens and dozens of teachers were telling this woman to tell me, Rick, people are saying that the teachers don't support you and what you're saying. They do. There's right. a bunch of us out here and we are tired of this and we wish we could talk, but we can't because the OEA is so powerful. We can't say a word. And, and that's what people need to understand is how this system works and who really runs the state of Oregon. Boom. I'm so glad you said it. You know, there's so many politicians out there, and you're definitely not a politician, right? But there's so many folks around the political system that just will not call a spade a spade. You know, it is the government teacher unions that are holding us back in the state. They're right. crippling our education system. They're holding our children further and further behind. We have to address that problem head on. And if we don't do it now, Rick, when will we do it? Because the spotlight is on, you know, and people talk about being woke, you know. People are awoken. Young suburban families throughout the state that never thought that things that happened in Washington, D.C. and Salem that affected their lives. They're awoke. They are woke. They see what's going on. You know, and I oh got to. You just coined a phrase. Yeah. Stan, you just, you just coined a whole new phrase. <laughs> I hope you use it. Okay, so everybody uses I, it. I, so I told Stan before we came on here, too, is I don't want him. I don't want to ever hear him say to me. Now, let me be clear. Because that is the new political bullshit line that oh, I am so tired of. Now, let me let me ask you something else. Or and I told you about this earlier, but I want my viewers to hear this too. Somebody just said my realtor friend in Montana sends her thanks to Governor Brown. Yeah, I saw somebody <laughs> said, Yeah, Kate Brown is the best realtor of the year in Idaho because uh, so many people are wanting to leave Oregon right now. But Montana's governor just uh, signed a bill that makes it so that the six hundred dollar extra payment a week for unemployment goes away. People have to get a job for four weeks and then they get a $1,200 bonus. And I thought that is brilliant because we have a huge, tell them, tell them about Stan, you were just in Toledo, yes. little Toledo, Oregon down on the coast and tell them the problem that coastal communities are having right now because people are getting away and coming back 
Well, you you tell it. That's your yeah, story. Yeah, right? yeah. So the mayor of Toledo had me out to Toledo uh, on Monday morning. Uh, the Newport mayor was there. We had, we were there at the Timber Bar and Grill, and a great young owner there who started. Uh, start, uh, he took over the restaurant right in the middle of COVID. Right, you imagine doing that. We had another pizza restaurant there, and and so we're talking about you know here's a community on the coast, and we have people all throughout Oregon that are tired of being bundled up in their homes. They're ready to go out and vacation. They're ready to go recreate at the coast. And the vast majority of their 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 economic industry is tourism. People like us that like to go and get out and spend time out there. And, and all these restaurants that are trying to get back up on their feet, they got demand that's coming and they can't hire anybody. They can't hire anybody to meet the demand. So they're finding themselves having to close down during certain days of the week. They're, they're overworking uh, their employees. They're getting exhausted. A lot of the times a husband and wife are in there having to do it themselves, you know, working astronomical hours. And that's hard on their, their marriage and their family and their kids. And it's all because of, you know, people in Washington, D.C. not paying attention to the ramifications on the ground for their decisions, Rick. So, yeah, I just this is the first thing I've heard was from you this morning on this going on in Montana. I think that sounds outstanding. What a, what a brilliant idea. And you said that, the, the, and I'm just going to clarify, I don't mean to, to, I just want to make sure people hear this right. So it's yeah. not that they can't hire people. They have the business to hire people. Yes. They can't hire people because nobody, I have friends who put out a notice for employment and they get 12 people sign up and nobody shows up for the interview. That's right. That's right. See, that is not Oregon. That is not how people in Oregon are, or they never were. And we've created this, this, this new attitude where it's about us. And Oregon was always a state about what, you know, and this is what Betsy Johnson said the other night, and I know you know Betsy really well too, is, is you know, what, what we've lost in Oregon right now is the love of Oregon. Yes. When did Tom, if people keep coming on here with Tom McCall, Tom McCall loved Oregon, but I'm going to throw another one in there. Tom McCall right behind me, yeah. sir. Absolutely. I'm going to throw Mark Hatfield. There's yes. another one who loved Oregon. Um, yeah. Wayne Morse loved Oregon. It was about Oregon first and it was about your selfish needs as a politician second. And your need as a politician was to get what was done for Oregon. And that's what it was about the people. And that's what we've lost. And so the people who are against me or hate me or everything like that, that's fine. But I remember Oregon and what it was. And yes, we've had problems and we've had racial issues. And everybody always has to bring that up when this happens. Yeah. I'm talking about doing business for Oregon and getting our, all this taken care of. You really are excited about this, aren't you? Oh, I, I am. And Rick, you talked about Wayne Morse there. So I would just, uh, people should uh, I'd download the PBS app uh, and they got an OPB section on there. They got this American experience or Oregon experience shows that was on Wayne Morse. And you watch him and he's talking about how, you know, government's hurting these local Main Street business owners, you know, at the expense of large corporate America. And I was just thinking, wow, you know, I became a huge Wayne Morse fan and found myself reading up on him a lot more after that. But you're right. What Betsy Johnson was saying there is correct. You know, Oregon, we used to have a swagger about us. You know, we used to tackle these problems in innovative and unique ways. Think of the bottle bill and our public beaches. And, you know, we used to t look at these problems and we and, and, and tackle them with this Oregon way, you know, where we come together and it wasn't Republican or Democrat. It was innovative and new and it was practical and pragmatic. And, you know, we can, we're not far from that. We can get back to that. We've just got to start coming together again. 
See, and, and, and another thing Senator Johnson said the other day was, you know, it used to be that what, what I, I know you would probably bring back to this office is what, what happened to negotiation? Right. You know, it used to be you had, and that's the problem with the supermajority, which I keep trying to instill in my viewers just to understand we got us here by being apathetic and allowing, you know, people to redistrict and all these problems that have happened and we can still get ourselves out of it, but we have to start pushing forward a little bit and it's no longer... Go ahead. Rick, you mentioned negotiation. So, you know, this New Year's Day movement that we led where people were looking to open up against these restrictions. What did we do there? We were talking about opening at level high restrictions underneath that extreme, right? So 25% capacity, wearing masks, sanitation, you know, social distancing. Our arm was extended and reached out looking for a compromise with the governor where we could just open up those doors. And you think about this bill that's being introduced here later this afternoon to get kids back into the classroom, mandatory five days a week in the fall. Many states have made this to make it mandatory right now, like the following week. You know, this is trying to compromise and negotiate just for the fall. And I think what it shows is it shows just how extreme the left has gotten here in Oregon, where, you know, they can't even find these reasonable compromises to bring our our neighbors here in Oregon together. So what what's the... Um What's you, what do you think the single most important thing that you that let's say we get through this COVID thing? What what is how, how do we get the economy back on track? That's going to be your big um, <laughs> your big pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, one way you don't do it is by just trying to artificially inject a bunch of cash into the economy, you know, and say I'm the guy. You know, I think of Reagan. You know, I'm here. I'm the government, and I'm here to help. That that's not how we do this. The way we do it is by uh, getting rid of all the government, the regulatory state that the state government has put into the way of these local small business owners, you know, to really help spur economic activity in the main streets through these local communities throughout Oregon and, and you know, and to really prop these folks up and really adopt a growth agenda. You know, I think of, you know, things like the project in Coos Bay, Jordan Cove, that would have offered thousands of jobs to that community, a communities, you know, in that area that have been devastated by a once great timber industry going away. And, you know, that was a very environmentally realistic project that should be coming in. Not enough people talk about if we're not doing that here in Oregon under our, you know, regulations and stuff for for energy, guess who's doing it? The Middle East and Russia, you know, and do you trust Oregonians and and our efficiencies and our safety regulations over those of of Russia and, and China and the Middle East? And so, you know, that's those are the kinds of things we need to be talking about here in Oregon is is energy comes from somewhere. When you turn on your lights and your TV, when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and enjoy the game, that energy is coming from somewhere. And it's either going to come from bad actors or it's going to come from entrepreneurs and people within our sector right here in our neighbors, you know, with family wage jobs here. And that's part of the conversation that we need to be having. And, and so, Rick, we're going to be looking to adopt a growth agenda infrastructure. And I'm not talking about Joe Biden infrastructure, right? I'm talking about roads and bridges and ways that open up our economic commerce, you know, here in the state. Those are the kinds of things that we need to be adopting here. We're we're the we're Portland. That that means we're a port, right? We've got closed ports right now uh, that we need to be opening back up for our for our commerce and our local entrepreneurs. There's a lot that can be done economically to get the state back on track. Right. And I think sometimes people forget I started my first job in TV was in Coos Bay. That's the one of the largest deep water ports 
on the West Coast from San Francisco to Portland. And it's underutilized and it's a great asset for Oregon and, and it doesn't get utilized. Um, somebody's asking, how do you feel about other states loosening up the mask mandates? Yeah, you know, it's something else, isn't it? You see states like Texas and Florida, you know, their case counts are going down while Oregon's is growing. You know, they don't have the mask mandates that we have here in this state. You know, we have a vaccine rollout going on right now. And so what started off, as I said, to protect our most vulnerable, they, we've had the opportunity to do that. You know, it, here's the secret, everybody. The vast majority of people who contrast COVID, I'm talking like 98%, are going to survive, right? And then there's Oregonians, there's neighbors of ours that are more, that are a little more vulnerable and have a little more ex exposure to this virus. Well, there's a vaccine that's readily available that makes you, you know, a lot more immune to the virus. So at this point, it's time to get rid of the masks. It's time to end the lockdowns. It's time to get our kids back into the classroom. It's time to go back to normal. Somebody's talking. Annie's asking, what about new housing? Annie, tonight, I actually have Eugene City Councilor Mike Clark coming on with Amanda Parker, a local realtor. She's sponsoring the show. And we're going to talk about one of the problems in Eugene is our urban growth boundary. And the state requires that you come up with a plan, yeah. a 30-year plan. We don't have one. And so the reason, part of the reason that for, uh, for houses are unaffordable in Eugene Springfield area is that we haven't planned and we have, um, when you don't have a, a housing, when you ha land is very rare, then houses pricing is gonna go up. And it doesn't help now that they have the pandemic, but lumber prices are up like 30%. That doesn't help. But I'm talking about long-term, there's stuff we could have been doing, which the good news about that is not to blame, but it's to say, we can change that. You know, yeah. if there's things we're supposed to be doing, the state says we're supposed to have a plan for urban growth, growth and we don't have a plan. So how do you change that? Well. You get a plan. Rick, where do you live? Do you live in Eugene? I live in Springfield, outside. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like a mayor, man. You know, no, you're really, you're pushing in, some buttons here. Uh, I live in the uh, county. You know, uh, I, I think for me, Stan, it's just that, you know, I ran for office um, and then I've spent 10 years and I have somebody already on here. How much does Bucks pay Rick Dancer to do this? This is my business. So it's none of your damn business. Right. And they pay because they like the content we have on here. Right. So. I, I'm just to the point where I just think there's a bunch of voiceless people. That was my next question for you. Rural Oregon. I don't give a shit, excuse my language, but what any of the, the political folks say, oh, that's overblown. No, you go to Richland, Oregon, and you go to the, to the little um, cafe, and you ask the owner, Sarah, who I had on this week, if she feels voiceless. And then you come back and tell me, oh, they're not voiceless. That's what you always do. We always right. do that. Portland and Eugene and Salem decide what's going on in Diamond Hotel, in, in Harney County, in French Glen, in Burns, Oregon, in Pendleton, and, and we don't live there. And That's so we right. aren't even asking those people their opinion and they don't have a voice because there's 800,000 of them and there's 3.5 million of us. Rick, and that's the message I think for us as conservatives that we need to be making is, is and I talk about this loss a lot as a mayor. I talk a lot about it as, you know, my wife, Mackenzie, was on our local school board out here is, is we need to, we're supposed to be for local control. And we need to be empowering local government so that local officials who are accountable to their neighbors at the grocery stores and the local restaurants, you know, are the ones making the decision on the ground. So, you know, it, that was one of the things that really, really got under my crawl during the, these shutdowns. It's just, I go to all these meetings and I talk to all of these mayors and you know what they do? They all talk about exactly what I just said. Local control, 
home rule. Don't tread on us. And then all of a sudden COVID comes out. And what do they do in the first week? They came together and they called on Governor Kate Brown to do a statewide lockdown instead of keeping it under our local authorities for our local you know, municipalities. And, and that really got to me because why do you run for mayor? Why do you run for local government if it's not to make the decisions in your local communities? And that's what we need to be empowering. We need to be empowering city councils, school boards, and our neighbors to make these decisions locally on the ground. People always ask me, so what do we do? How do we start? And I think, you know, I, I'm glad to see you and others running for governor uh, to do something different. Um, but I think what what the most of us have to do is we have a school board election right now yeah, and, and Lane Community College election. Find out who those people are. And you don't just vote for the name that sounds the prettiest. Um, you got to go in there and find out what these people are, what they want to put into the schools and what they want to do. And the same when city council seats come up and we're going to have redistricting. So we're going to have a whole bunch of new districts for Senate and House. And it gives you, you need to find out who you're voting for. Don't just put your name next to the R or the D or the I, because as you know, I'm sure, I'm a non-affiliated voter, not that you would know that, but that's the most growing group of people in Oregon. Yes, it is. And the Republicans and Democrats are going to have to deal with us. We're climbing, and all of a sudden, we're going to get to a point where we're going to go, um, wait a minute. No, this right. is how we're going to do things, you know? Right. And so I, I said I was going to only keep you the 30 minutes, so I want to make sure you got a busy day. Um, yeah. Just why don't you just give us your last, you know, spiel on uh, what just for people, and then uh, I'll let you go. Yeah, you know, I would just say that people ask me all the time, you know, who's supporting you, Stan? And I say, it's the people. It's the people. We have over 450 contributors or average contributions, just over $50. And it's people from all over the state. We've raised over $100,000 just over here in our first couple of months of coming out of the gate and exploring this thing. And we need you. You know, if you're a local small business owner and employee whose lives have been uprooted as a result of these lockdowns, we need you. If you're a young parent and family whose kids have been, you know, stuck in this isolation and underachievement. You're ready to get our schools back on track. We need you. If you're a senior who's tired of watching as the extreme left, you know, allow these special interest groups to start prisoners and our government teacher unions cut you in the line for a vaccine when you're one of the most vulnerable. We need you. If you're a rural Oregonian tired of being lost and left and forgotten, we need you at the table. This is a this is going to be a campaign from the ground up. We're a campaign of the people and for the people. We're trying to do something that hasn't been done in over 40 years. But I tell you what, we feel it in our bones. And Mackenzie and I were fighters. You see that today with what's going on with Oregon Moms Union. You see it with the federal lawsuit. You know, we're going to be there. We're going to do our part, but we need you to join us. Please go to stanpulliam.org. Go to our social channels. Mayor, uh, Mayor Stan for Oregon on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and join the movement. We're going to take Oregon back and put us back on track to our glory days. So thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Hey, Stan, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking your time this morning. And, um, you know, when you do announce, make sure I'm on that list of uh, people that you come back on their show. Definitely will. We want our people to find out. And a lot of people are coming on here going, we want Rick for governor. Don't worry. I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I've had too many goals. You'd be great. I think it'd be great. We'll push them all your direction. Hey, hey <laughs> this is what we'll do. We're going to make Rick be our, uh, our press secretary with daily briefings we'll <laughs> in front of the Portland media on a daily basis. We'll stream it out. I mean, Come oh, on, you guys. She's not going to vote for that. Let's do that. Could you, could you see that? It would be like, they're going, you have to answer this question. No, I don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'm in. You're in.
here's the agenda and this is what we're doing. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Please express your opinions, but don't try to take over my press conference ever. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> All right, man. See you later, man. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. We'll see, see you. Buddy. Bye-bye. So there you go. That's um, running for governor, Stan Pulliam, uh, Sandy Mayer. And uh, like I said, he's had a lot of experience in politics because if you know anything that like I know, I've already been on his pages and uh, he is well prepared for what his exploratory uh, move. Um, also, you heard a hint there and we can't let the cat out of the bag, but there is a bill going forth today um, that has to do with education. You will be probably hearing more and more about that coming out this afternoon. We don't want to steal their thunder, but that, so I'm telling you just because there's hope and you guys, the tide is turning. And, um, and I don't mean that to mean that um, anyone's winning. This isn't a win. This isn't like a win-win. This is like when we win-win is when everybody's voice is heard. That's when we win, um, because this is not about what Rick Dancer thinks. It's not about what you think. It's not about what Stan thinks. It's what Oregon thinks. So when you hear people trying to fracture and divide us, walk away from them. Don't let that happen. I have a kid named Jack Taylor. I think it's Taylor on my page, and we disagree a lot. But this morning he wrote something that was pretty powerful, and he said something. You know what, Rick? We try to find things that we agree on. And I've never met Jack in person, but I really like this guy. And there's a bunch of things that we don't agree on, but I really like this guy. Um, there's a bunch of things that he wants to scream at me about and I wanna scream at him about, but I really like this guy. So because we really like each other and have this relationship on here and see something in each other of value, we don't let it get to that point. And when it wants to, we have a private message that we go to. This can work. The people who don't want it to work aren't in the game. And so if somebody's on there, the people who want to try to tear us down and rip us apart, whether we're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a family party, the Green Party, um, or no party at all, um, they don't want us to get along. Because if we get along, we don't need them. So we need to resist the temptation to do that. And that doesn't mean we wuss out. That doesn't mean we don't talk about this stuff publicly. Um, in fact, I think, if anything, we push harder uh, because here's the bottom line. It's our Oregon. All of ours. Not the politicians. In the Constitution, it doesn't say we the politicians. It doesn't say we the legislature. It doesn't say uh, we the Republican Party, we the Democratic Party, we the Independent Party of Oregon. It says we the people. And that's us. So now we need to start acting like the people. And that means we don't wuss out. We don't cower when they come creeping up and slapping. I got four or five messages yesterday trying to shut me up and we don't shut up. And I will not shut up and they can come after me as they wish, but that's just the way it's gonna work. So let's go do it. Let's go be Oregon. We don't have to do Oregon. We just have to be Oregon. And that's whatever you want it to be. Don't let anybody tell you. Nobody can cancel you unless you let them. It's like a great book I read. Nobody can cancel you unless you let them. We will be back tonight, five o'clock with Eugene City Councilor Mike Clark and Amanda Parker with Parker Heist Real Estate to talk about the, it's not a growing problem. It's been a problem in Eugene Springfield for 30 years the lack of an urban growth boundary plan. And you wanna know why your housing costs are going up? 
We'll find out tonight. I'll see you then. Have a good day.